So it's the wrap-up. The rip-rip wrap-up. While I am gonna try and at least keep one hand on the wheel of the episode, your hands on your dick. I don't have to. I don't have to run a game, so I'm gonna be drinking a beer with you. Guys. Whoa! Are we all drinking beers? Excellent. That is. Good. Is anybody doing mushrooms this time around? No. Why? Why Just do you, you ask? Man. Yeah. Oh, last time Mary got really, really high. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the special edition. That's right. Secret tapes. Director's cut. I would do the mushroom one yeah. shot. It's like an Underdark campaign, but we're on mushrooms all the time. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> all right, Sam. Sure. So, I'm sorry. I immediately derailed you. Uh, what do you, no, that's what's, fine. What's, uh, what's the, the structure here? Yeah, so here's what I'm thinking. I have some questions here. I don't know if any of you guys do. Mm-hmm. I figured we could just take some turns asking some questions about Season 1 and then talk a little bit about Season 2 and also Season 1 and a half. Okay. Okay. Does anyone want to start? I don't. I don't. I, f- I don't feel like we should roll initiative. That's too much. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a question for Gretchen. Oh, hello. Oh, let me. Oh, sorry. Let me get Gretchen. Hey. Oh, there you go. There you are. <laughs> God damn it. So, Gretchen, when you went back to your like monastery, did mm-hmm. any bad habits that you picked up while adventuring kind of carry over into your monastery life? Like, was there a culture shock there? Oh. Good question. Yeah, I think she, I think Gretchen kept trying to sleep in other people's rooms with them because <laughs> she didn't want to sleep in her room by herself anymore because she didn't like that. So that was the main thing. Everyone's like, wow, she's just so, like, goddamn friendly <laughs> now because she used to just, like, not have any friends at all. And now she's like, friendship's great. I want more of that. So she's kind of, like, trying to force friend everybody. Nice. That's the main thing. I like that. I didn't even think about questions, like, afterwards. That's, <laughs> ooh, Zach, you sneaky man. Uh, I had a question for Sam God. Uh huh. What was the deal with that fucking swamp? Fucking swamp in yeah, the Bargriviac Forest. Oh yeah. I knew this one was coming. So it was supposed to be um, the forest teaching you humility. Uh huh. Uh, so the it's the opposite of Scientology because in Scientology the only way out is through. In this, the only way out was to retreat. the The answer to the riddle was uh, hitting the Zort machine. Which would have introduced this uh, kind of sub mechanic, where I, in, in in it was based on Jumanji, uh, the that arc if uh-huh. you recall. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the things in Jumanji was like something happens if you roll a five or an eight or something like uh-huh. that, and that's what made Robin Williams come out of the game. So there was an NPC that you guys never met that presumably is just still stuck in the Bargrevec oh, forest, no. <laughs> waiting for someone to uh, uh, retreat and then roll a five or an eight. Huh. Uh, and he would he would have uh, given you uh, given you some advice on getting through the forest and that type of stuff. Cool. Wow, so specific. Never Interesting. Yeah, I, he was like teach you humility, and like, that's gone. That's a lesson we were not going to learn. Right. I I think the issue was I should have been meaner to you because I was like you guys are in a lot of pain. But the thing is, I can tell Tyler that he's in a lot of pain, but he doesn't feel Gimbal's pain. So maybe if he could have, he would have been like, I'll do anything to stop this and zorp out. Right, right, but right. But you just were like, okay, I'm internalizing the fact that my... It had no, it had no, like, yeah, no practical application. Yeah. So I should have just started raining down damage on you guys to get you to, to flee, but that felt too mean, I well, think. Well, we were definitely going to do it. You know what I mean, too? Like, then we were definitely going to figure it out. Like, if we just, like, walk into the swamp and, like, start dying, it's like, all right, let's get out of here. I just hope to never do this again. Yeah, 
But th- then I feel like it takes away some of the lesson about humility. Yeah. At that point, it's just fleeing for your life. I thought it was going to be a thing when you said humility. I was going to be like, the penitent man will pass. We have a wheel, and then we would get out of it. The penitent man. The penitent man. <laughs> I have a question, though, related to that one, Sam. So, yeah. like, I guess it's kind of two questions. One, did you, like, think of a hundred things for us to do in the forest? Or did you, like, have a list that you pulled from on the internet? Well, so about... A third to a half of them were just combat. So it was just me looking through the monster manual and stuff and finding, making balanced encounters. So, like, you don't have to be creative to come up with combat. You just have to balance it a little bit. Sure. And then maybe, like, six or eight were based directly on things from Jumanji. Like, uh, the the hunter that you fight and um, mm. the stampede was, was from there also and a few others. And a couple of them I, like, looked through... Like lists of, you know, great travel encounters for your party, but a lot of them sucked. But <laughs> maybe maybe five of those I took, but um, okay. mo- most of them I came up with. And then second part, were there any of the encounters in the jungle that you were like really mad we didn't get to because it would have been very good? Yeah, but they all got used later. Like the logic puzzle with the doors and the logic puzzle with the candles that you guys encountered later on got it both were among the 100 and i was frustrated you guys didn't hit them so i i brought them out later all right sneaky sneaky that sort of folds into one of our questions written in by our fans no way this one comes to us from mike from wisconsin the it was about the biggest thing i had planned that you guys just happened to never run into so that's sort of an answer would be the one I just gave Gretchen, except I just forced you to use it later because I wanted to. Right. Sure. But the first one was the magical items in Chapter 3 in the Volcano. It was supposed to be the Singer Sword, the Rapier for <laughs> yeah. Farron. Yeah. The super cool sword that I don't know if ever actually got a name. Katana. Uh, yeah, I said uh, my Katana, I don't know. Yeah. I never named for, it. For Gretchen. And then the, the old boring book of lore was supposed to be <laughs> for, for Gimbal, but... You guys all took the wrong stuff at the beginning and, like, kind of all shuffled it around, but it's really interesting to listen to to how much Mary complains about how she <laughs> didn't get anything cool, and then you ended up with two of the three things. Yeah. Uh, and I felt pretty so, good after I got the sword, because that thing was pretty... <laughs> yeah. And and you guys got... I mean, the two main things were the weapons, and you got them where, they, where you needed to get them eventually. The second thing was uh, something that we almost missed out on but didn't, was uh, in Ouroboran, theoretically, the reward for recovering the Horn of Winter's Bane, which was the thing that got stolen, oh, yeah, was supposed right. to be that Dean uh, Hinkleseltz would give you the information you needed, but you just, we just jacked got that shit. through sneaky means <laughs> right at the beginning, and I was like, oh, shit, I don't have anything, I don't have the next chapter prep yet, shit. And then you guys were like, nah, we'll just do this whole horn thing anyway. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll just give him gold or something at the end. <laughs> I guess, yeah, you're saying we could have just, like, been, like, peace and not worried about the horn thing yeah. at all and just left. You, and and uh, <laughs> I guess I have Zach to thank for that because he was like, well, we should probably do this horn thing. And I don't know if that was uh, Zach doing me a favor or Farron's school spirit. I like to think it was school spirit. Like, if that had just been some random town, like, I definitely would have been like, well, screw him, I guess. We got what we needed. Right. And that was before Gretchen was a good guy. So Gretchen would have been like, yeah, screw him. And then we should have left. (laughs) (laughs) 
before I paid attention to my alignment. No, I also, I think I, I thought the horn was going to be some, like, critical quest element for, like, our needs and our adventure, which it wasn't. So, you had me fooled. Good, good job. The, the last thing was, um, in Windrun Manor, you, and this, this is my fault. This was bad planning on my part. There was a room of the employees, not the, not the slaves, but just, like, actual employees, and I gave them all interesting, nuanced backstories, and you could have had interesting conversations with a lot of them, but the whole point of it was to be sneaky, so you snuck past them, which, which was the right call, and I don't know why I didn't realize you were going to do that, but I was frustrated and might just, uh, might save those employees off and use them as NPCs and other things later on. Yeah. Was it like we ran into like Verna at some point, right? And she was like snoozing, and so we're just like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did feel kind of weird about that whole arc. So I was like, this is Gretchen's backstory. Let's get into it. And then we just like didn't talk to anyone, didn't wake <laughs> up, daddy, didn't yeah. do any of that. And I was like, that's probably fine for like the quest. <laughs> but then I was just like, oh, well, yeah. We didn't meet like my old wife or anything like that, <laughs> or my mom. I tried to give each of you two chapters that were like for your characters, but yeah, your your second one was kind of eh. Because you didn't actually get to talk to the people. It's okay. What would have happened if we woke up Daddy? I actually hadn't decided. I I, I, I toyed with he like runs you off and Maxine has to come up with another plan, or it's combat and you have to kill him and uh-huh. then once he's dead, like a whole thing to prove that it, that it's Gretchen's castle now and she can choose to do what she wants for the troops. That felt a little dark, so I didn't really want to go in that direction. I don't think I would have killed my dad. I would have knocked him out. I would have killed him. <laughs> I shot that guy. I shot that like... goblin in the face in the dungeon. You did. You yeah, the goblin that was wasn't so your friend's dad. <laughs> well, wait, wait, what? Your dad was a goblin. The goblin wasn't your friend's dad. It was my friend's dad. No, it was not your friend's dad. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. What if your dad just turned out to be two goblins like stacked on top of each other? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. Cause then she'd be like a half orc, but the other half isn't. Goblin. So it's two goblins. <laughs> quarter goblin and a quarter a different goblin. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> uh, I have another question for you, Sam. Yeah. What was Theodore October supposed to look like before I shit all over it? Oh, I was going to have him look sort of a little bit like Carmen Sandiego, but not that much. Like, I didn't want to have it be a total giveaway. So it was like... Carmine uh, Sandiego? Like a long cloak, like a duster, and a hat with a very wide brim. And I was going to describe his, his weapons and how they were, like, clearly magic. <laughs> well, or not they were magic, but he was, like, imbuing them with magical charge. And then I was like, well, he just doesn't get that hand <laughs> Okay. Did you name him Ted October just because it rhymes with Red October and you really wanted that to be the title? Yes. <laughs> okay. Sam is not a complicated man. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just wasn't sure if it was that or if it, like you named him Ted October initially for some reason. Later you were like, oh, perfect. He saw an opportunity and he took it. Well, it's, it started with, I thought it would be an interesting mechanic to have it be like a manhunt, where you had to chase them all over town, and so I had the word hunt in my head already, and I needed to give him a name, and I also I need, knew I needed to come up with a pun, so I just did them both together. When we were in college, I was writing a story, and Sam made me name one of the can- characters Sam Handwich. God damn it. Wow. I kind of like it. Sorry, I'm good at stuff. Oh, Tyler, did you get to use your advantage 
you had advantage on certain types of checks, and I think, like, alchemical <laughs> things. Did you ever get to use the specific type of advantage that you had from your backstory? Yeah, I think I did it once at the very beginning. And then ever since I did it that one time, I just kept getting it confused with the wrong thing and being frustrated. <laughs> just constantly yeah. frustrated. Uh, that actually folds in perfectly with another fan question. This is from Mike in Wisconsin. For, for this, Well, this is really for each of you. Is there a backstory point that you never were able to explore, that never came up, or um, a tactic or mechanical element that you didn't have a chance to use? Yes. Probably. Let me pull up my character sheet, because I feel like there is some stuff in there. I definitely had a plan where I was going to get two daggers and name one tooth and one nail, and then fight somebody with tooth and nail. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Okay, that's an answer to a question I had for you. Yeah. And I never I never got to do that. You referred to it as... I, I, have, I have quotes from you here. I'm trying to do something, and also... I've got plans. Big plan. <laughs> that was your big plan? Like My big plan was to make the joke, I'm fighting tooth and nail. Those quotes sound like Donald Trump quotes. When you're like, what are you going to do <laughs> oh, with no. the economy? I'm trying to do something, and it's a really, really big plan. It's going to be huge. <laughs> Just like this guy's got no idea what he's doing. Yeah. I, uh, so from like a, a, a mechanic perspective, elves can't be charmed or put to sleep by magic. And it never mm. came up. No one's ever like, I'll put him to sleep with magic. And I was like, ha ha, you can't because I'm an elf. <laughs> and it never happened. And I was like, oh, this is definitely going to come up. Like someone's going to try to charm me or something. Definitely going to come up. Never came up. That would have been kind of exciting. And then the backstory thing I wanted to, like, I, it, I got a lot of backstory work this campaign. So I'm really not here to critique backstory stuff. But there was like one little thing, like I had... As a bard, you get um, a token that you get to carry around with you. Not like a literal token, but like, Oh, the, the drawing your kid. Yeah, exactly. So you, you get like a, a yeah. favor. It's a favor. So it's like, you know, medieval timesy, like a handkerchief or something. It's just some favor you have. And so what I picked was a, a drawing that the, the Crimson Crusader did of like a dragon. And like what my plan was like long term, like up to like epic level is like you can learn true polymorph as a bard and what i was going to treat polymorph into would have been the dragon from the picture oh, oh like a doodly oh, cartoon dragon because oh, i mean so i mean i would have turned into just like a normal black dragon but my kid drew like a doodly uh thing and that was the, like the article i carried with me from my past to the huh. campaign i did actually see that on your character sheet at one point i was like oh that's cute and then like we didn't really explore that in the campaign there just wasn't a good time oh. to bring it up i definitely like i think i mentioned it briefly to everybody yeah at some point a couple episodes ago but uh it just never, like, quite came up. Did yeah. you have true polymorph at the no, end? No, no, no. I had um, normal polymorph. Like, lame polymorph. False polymorph. Yeah, the true polymorph, if I think about it for a full hour, like, you, if I don't lose concentration, you just stay that way permanently, I believe. That's how oh, shit. That's like a level 9 spell. Like animorphs. It's like animorphs. It's just like animorphs. Yeah. Only there's gonna be... It, Stupid Tobias. Just change back, dummy. <laughs> yeah. Being a bird sounds dope. I don't know about you guys. I remember... I don't know, being someone that can change into whatever, including a bird sound. Yeah, that sounds even better. Yeah. I remember... So I, I oh, have sorry, mine... Or do you want to keep going? No, I was going to talk about ahead. Animorphs, so you can go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. I think... So similarly, um, as a paladin, I'm just always immune to disease, and I tried to, like, use that a couple times, where it'd be like, you're going to get poisoned. I'd be like, no, I'm not. I can't get sick. And you're like, it's not that kind of sick. And I was like, oh, okay. So I kept waiting, yeah, for that to, like, come up. Like, there's going to be some plague, and I'm going to be like good and then it didn't that's and that's 
actually my fault because it's okay. whenever whenever there would be whenever we would be prepping a combat and like you know like a mummy for instance has a thing where if you fail enough saves you you get mummy rot and that's a disease you have and like their whole like the reason that they're a tough enemy is built around that and I was like well I can't throw mummies at her she's she's immune to disease <laughs> so Rude. I I metagamed it and that's that's why you didn't get to use it so that's fair. you should have licked a bird person <laughs> you should have just been all up so in speak, there. Like I'm fine. You like suck the the goop out of him and like he's oh. cured. So, so speaking of meta gaming a little bit. So one of the other yeah. things that didn't really get to use a lot. So after the first episode or first recording session we had, I think I realized I needed a bonus language that I knew from like my hermit background. I hadn't picked it yet. So then I picked giant because I was like, oh, there's those giants in the basement. Oh, this is gonna be so useful. And then when they were, we got zapped out of the house, and there were no <laughs> giants the whole time until the very end. The same one giant. <laughs> so I talked to him for a little bit, and that was great. But I was like, man, that's well, good effort. Languages are tough. Yeah, yeah. I also did want to use my fifth level spell on like a mini boss that we were encountering so I could make the last fight like really trivial. I was like, what will really annoy Sam? And like, what if he throws <laughs> this crazy thing at us beforehand? I GS it into having to work with us for a month and then we just have them fight <laughs> at the end and then if it dies, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That would have been hugely annoying. I know. <laughs> it's like the spell is such a fucking uh, bummer for a DM. I, I had another question that's for, for everybody. Oh, wait, hold on. Huh? You didn't answer the last question. Yeah, Sam, do you have any cool characters you wanted to, like, flex on us with, like, didn't get a chance to? Oh, um, yeah, I guess the listener will know this a little bit by now, but you guys don't. Really, whenever there was a character that I thought there was more to do with that you guys didn't get all that I thought you could out of, they, they became those NPC vignette openers. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of which, did Ramos die? <laughs> uh, No. Oh, okay, because the part I'm at, it sounds like he's shot in his nuts. Uh, uh, he does get shot. Oh, okay. Well, continue. Uh, continue. So there's one of the prisoners who is a pyromancer. I had cool stuff with her, and I thought you guys might free her or at least talk to her more. And there's interesting stuff there that I thought you might get, but that's okay. So I so I fleshed that out in the in other stuff. Like, you know, I, I, thought, I thought Crumb was interesting, so I wanted to do more with Crumb. I thought... Trug was interesting, so I, you know, those were those were for me by the end of it. Okay. Did you feel like your characters had more room to grow? Do you feel like they they got the send off you wanted? If there's if there's any like final buttons you would want to put on them, is like what are those? And also, do you think that there is enough left with these characters that in a theoretical season four or whatever? you would want to break them back out. Hmm, that's interesting. I don't know... I didn't really have any expectations of where the character was going, seeing as how I haven't ever done a D&D campaign um, before. So uh, it's not like I was like, I want him to get from here to here. I was just kind of playing around. Well, it's funny you say that, because I, I felt like each of you had something that was not exactly concrete, but a goal in mind, and each of you accomplished that goal more or less, like... Gretchen was getting money for the monastery, which she definitely, definitely did. Mm-hmm. Farron's was experienced enough to tell a great story, and he did that many times over. And 
And Gimbal's, at least in my mind, was like to to learn some like secrets of the universe, uh-huh. and I think even just like basic spell casting checks that box in a way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's certainly true. I I think the way I left off, I'm not sure if I'd want to break him out again. I think if we go back and visit that universe, Gimbal might not be the most savory character. I'm not sure he'd be a uh, he'd be the hero anymore. And we discussed at the end of the last episode that like we would do a, like a redo, but then like. Gibble would be the bad guy, and like, I mean, Gretchen would have to try to take him down. That struggle of like he's my friend, but he's bad would be like a cool thing to explore. I'm not saying that's the only future for him, but it's a very possible path. Well, you guys haven't because of the recording and publishing schedule. You guys haven't heard the epilogue of the very last episode, oh. uh, which makes it very clear who a theoretical follow-up big bad would be. Okay, it's my daddy. It, uh, it's not. Maxine. Uh, it, yes, Maxine. It's probably I knew. Us. I knew not to trust her. Don't trust the old sure people. Sh- don't trust. Don't trust random ladies who have plans about everything in the world. They're up to yeah. no good. It's just like Kreia from Night's Seal Republic too. Yeah. Ooh, good callback. But uh, so that's that's how I feel about my character arc. Mary. Oh sure. Um. Felt pretty good about. It. I think there's more to do with Gretchen. We did this a little bit where she again, like she has this struggle of like she has to be lawful good and follow Dolara, but she also has these like friends that she cares for very much who are at a base level neutral, kind of <laughs> kind of neutral to bad <laughs> people. And so like there's like there's that one time where she like helps him do a bad thing, and then Dolara was like tis tis, but like where's the I don't know if there's like a point where Gretchen has to like choose mm. one or the other, and then she like. I don't know. With all the stress that it caused you when Farron sort of left the party for eight minutes, I can't imagine a situation where you guys had to PvP or something. You wouldn't handle that. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think part of, I guess maybe this is like the previous question, I think part of Gretchen's whole deal that I didn't really get to like dig into at all was the whole like half-orc grumpsh, like violent god inside of you thing would have been cool, you but... You broke that out a little bit early, and then that kind of went to the background, I think. Yeah, I couldn't really figure it out, because I was trying to be like, oh, I have to be lawful good, because Zach keeps telling me I'm not good enough. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't just that, but... I mean, you were right when it was like, there's an evil thing, why are you, like, quibbling about it? I'm like, you're right. But then when there was the final big bad guy, and I was like, I'm gonna kill him, you had my goddess be like, don't, and I was very confused about that. Me and Gretchen were very confused. I'm trying to zag on you a little bit and make you think I was setting setting Rognab up to come back in the sequel when I, I was not planning to do that. <laughs> sure. Right, Zach? Yeah, I think, um, one, I guess, like, as far as, like, the Groosh, like, work thing, I also, in, my, in the other campaign, I'm having trouble always consistently working that into the backstory. I do it sometimes, but it's, like, such a pain in the ass to be that guy in a fight who, like, like there are a couple times where I've killed prisoners that we've had, like, accidentally, where I try to, like, work it in, and everyone goes, like, hey, like, you idiot, we needed that. And I have to be like, oh, I, I know. I know we needed that <laughs> exactly. I, I know that was really important, uh, but I had to do it anyway. It's also a weird dynamic in the other campaign because clearly of the actual people in the group, Zack is the one that is the leader. He's the one making the tactical decisions. <laughs> but it doesn't make sense for his character, Frath, to be doing that. <laughs> so he kind of has to kind of, uh, um, should we, uh, um, and like hope that <laughs> someone that it makes sense to be tactical says the tactical thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I spent a lot of time like trying to like, speak in code to them about what they should be doing or like try to like 
fall ass backwards into the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think as far as like character stuff, I actually feel like feel okay about like the character progression for Baron. I don't think it's like done. Obviously, like I definitely went into the campaign thinking that like long term arc wise, it would be nice to see him like get some perspective on like family and like through relying on other people like learn to like trust a little bit and give people more credit so i think like there we touched on it some of it felt a little like like i definitely felt like i kind of rushed the the visor scene kind of at the end like that might not have felt like totally earned to me oh i thought that came out great yeah i liked it i think i think mary might have cried honestly (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was probably just because i was being mean to her like previously on the podcast Uh, no so I, i think there were like nice moments that i definitely really enjoyed and I think, like, if I were to come back to the character, I think I'd be curious, like, I would like to see, like, an older, like, more frazzled fair, like, trying to run this, like, Bard's College. He's running out of like, this castle with this genocidal <laughs> maniac. And I'm, like, frazzled. Like, I have, I'm, like, I, like, basically, I, like, what I wanted, what I was thinking about doing was, like, have I seen where, like, I pull in uh, Hinkle Smelts and basically get help on how to actually do administration for, like, a university as I'm, like, overwhelmed by the amount of just, like, bureaucratic nonsense I have to do that I find, like, horrifically boring and, like, potentially just hire him to, like, do a lot of, like, the bitch work. the assistant dean. Yeah, do a lot of the bitch work. That, I feel like, could be, like, a really interesting story and even potentially interesting roleplay, but that doesn't sound like D&D. Exactly. <laughs> I think there's there are things for the character to do that, like, don't fit well in the context of D&D. So, like, if it was, like, What's fair enough to? I'd be like, all right, well, he's like, it would be cool maybe to do like the, the, the lead in is like, I'm deeply unhappy running this college that I've started, and I just want to like dip for a bit and go back on an adventure. The road is calling your name. Yeah, right. Sure, yeah. And so maybe that's it. I go, Hinkle Smelts, you're stuck with the thing. And he goes, fuck. <laughs> he's like, you feel like you got this? Okay, bye. And then he's like, leave. Yeah, I go, here's like a big sack of, here's a thousand gold. Here's all the gold I have on me. Like, I'm going back out. Right. I, I have to tell you, speaking of you saying uh, Hinkle Smelts over and over again, I, in preparation for this, I was listening to some of the old episodes and got through about 20 of them, and you you saying Tinkle Smelts, what's crack a made me laugh way more than it should have. I don't know why. It really tickled me. Awesome. I, uh, I do laugh at some of my own jokes on the podcast, which makes me feel like a complete detached lunatic. Like, I don't know if anyone else laughs at yeah. what they say on the podcast. No, I do. But it's like, my brain thinks of the joke again because I'm a robot with inputs and outputs, and then I, I hear it said, and I go, what, what, what? like, like it's not me saying it like two months ago. Yeah. Speaking of uh, character growth and stuff, this one is from is another fan question. This is from Kalinor from Parts Unknown. Uh-huh. Well, I suppose from near Iron Hill War. I suppose, yeah. The location. Mm-hmm. How has each PC evolved when compared to the original concept? We've kind of like touched on that but not explicitly is there anything else you guys think there is to talk about there in my initial concept i definitely thought i was going to be much nicer by the end of the campaign like i definitely <laughs> had like intended to have the arc like be much like smoother and by the end be like yeah like maybe like i'm on the path towards like a more like kind of like good kind of side of things and then i definitely it was just like still pretty much like a pretty big dick at the end of the campaign. I think, I think <laughs> Gimbal was a bad influence on Farron, and also Zach is a, er, and also Tyler is a bad influence on Zach, and those, those <laughs> seem like the same thing, but they were really different things that both happened at once. It did feel very much like I had these, like, two, like, Gretchen had two shoulder demons, kind of, like, at the same time, and it was just, like, 
quite a thing to like deal with that and be like, I like, like Gretchen likes these guys for some reason. And so I just kind of had to make her like dumber, I think, throughout. <laughs> well, I think it the makes campaign. total sense because like part of your, your background is you didn't really have friends. Yeah. So like if, if you don't have friends for, you know, decades and you finally have two friends, you're going to give them a lot of slack. Yeah. I was anticipating being nicer from the outset. Like, it says in my character sheet that I like, like, puns and pranks. So I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to go into this being, like, whimsical and, like, tying people's shoes together. And instead I was just grouchy and mean, um, you, which I think is a out, testament to my lack of my lack of role-playing skills more than anything else. You came out Danny DeVito from, like, I know, I know. I'm just, like, rolling around in the dirt over here. Like, <laughs> I know. People's pants down, that was pretty fun. Yeah, I, I just... I really was aiming to play it lighter, and too much of who I actually am got put into the character. <laughs> that happens. And it happens to me a lot, too. I think whenever I play a role-playing game, I, I end up just being, like, a nice version of, like, whatever it is. Because it's just like, Mary's coming out yeah. into into the world. So and I think, that's, I think that's all of us not having enough role-play experience, where the easiest thing to do is always just gradually fade back into yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which actually, that's one of the things that's easier about de- being a DM is I have to do more characters, but also I only have to focus on making, you know, the Crimson Crusader a brash, like, kind of completely irritating asshole for eight minutes at a time, and then I get to be somebody else. Yeah. So this is a question that I think could be for all of us. This is also from Kalinor. More of a logistical thing. What goes into an average recording slash play session? How long from start to finish for the whole campaign in real time? Ooh. So the the second question, uh, you guys might be surprised to realize this. It was like a year and a good bit of change. Yeah, we yeah. started recording last last winter, right? It was like pretty close to like the new year, wasn't it? It was. Um, well, the first episode went up New Year's Day, twenty eighteen. Uh-huh. But yeah. we we first started recording like early December, twenty seventeen. And right. fair listener, we were recording this episode April eighth, twenty nineteen. Yeah. So. A year and almost a year and a half, year and a quarter to a year and a half, somewhere in there, of just this. And and probably this episode we're doing now will go up in, like, July or August right. or something. So it's a lot of time. Yeah. And I think each, each sesh is, like, what, two or three hours long? Like, two hours. Two yeah, hours? Each, each session's about two hours, and that usually gets trimmed down into... About a hundred minutes of usable audio. Yep. <laughs> what do you mean? We cut a lot, uh, a lot gets... of Hulk Hogan sex tape stuff ended up on the cutting room floor. By that's, that stuff all gets Not in. as much uh, as you thought. It does get in a lot. I'm actually yeah, pleasantly I'll... surprised. All this stuff, I'm like, I thought for sure Sam was going to cut this, ended up in. And so we'll finish this question, but my next question to everyone else is, what were you positive Sam was going to cut that ended up in the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I'll have to think about that. Sam, continue, though. And, and then and then that got split into two episodes per session. So we tried to record every week, but when we couldn't record every week, uh, I had a plenty of backlog. Like right now I have about six or eight hours of audio that I need to edit. So I'm even, despite the fact that I'm going to be passing the torch at the end of this episode, uh, editing-wise, I still have a lot to do. And uh, a normal recording session, how about that? Didn't we just do that? No, like you... Well, what does a normal recording session look like? We we all log on around the same time. We Skype. And we're generally... We're all on Skype. Right. We're, we're on four separate Audacity tracks. Yep. We're generally drinking beers. Well, I'm not, other than this time. I'm usually not. I thought today was a party, so I did. Oh, what? I'm always... Oh, I'm, I am... 
literally always drinking and smoking. I thought everybody was yeah, someone, on the same someone's, page. Someone is always smoking, and that adds like a lot of cool sounds to the background. <laughs> it's me. I don't know. I, I do that. That's me. <laughs> then we shoot the shit for like probably like 15 minutes, and then we actually get down to it. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's what a normal recording session looks like, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Zach, you asked, what are we surprised that Sam left in the podcast? Yeah, so again, for me, I think it's a lot, like, I would say at least 70% of the Hulk Hogan sex tape talk ended up in the podcast. Of, like, right, their thing, yeah. Especially, like, the dicking around time to start. I feel like my, yeah. there are some things that I say in that time where I'm like, yeah, it's not going to end up in there. And then it's just, like, it's just me talking about something horrible right in there. It's, there's two there's two reasons that I might leave something in that I'd rather cut. One is because we got off to a late start or something, and, like, I want to make sure that the episode is long enough. Uh, and the other is sometimes we'll call back to it later. I refuse like, to let pre-show stuff die. I know that's a bad habit of mine. Yeah, so, like, if, if we talk about the Hulk Hogan sex tape, and it's an isolated thing, and then 20 minutes later... So, like, I think someone said that Gretchen should name her shield the, like, Ham Defender after, <laughs> after eating too much ham or something like that. It wasn't Ham Defender, but it was something equally gross and dumb. Sure. And as soon as that happens, I have to leave in the other thing or else the Ham Defender joke well, is by now, people listening just, to the podcast, you don't have to leave it they in. know about Hulk Hogan's sex tape now. They know all the ham stuff. Yeah. Like, they get it. Sam, is there anything you really, really wanted to cut but couldn't? Where you were like, I can't believe I have to put this in the podcast. There's there nothing that I was, like, in sh- ashamed or embarrassed about, I don't think. Good, good, good. But, but sometimes I would cut something and then continue editing, and three minutes later someone would call back to it, and I'd have to be like, ah, oh, shit, I have to undo a bunch of this and, and figure it back out. I'm pretty sh- surprised you kept all of, the, all of the references to dong pills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the Chinese well, all the very one. offensive stuff yeah. about how like everything could be ground up into like a Chinese boner pill. Yeah, that was real cool. And the other one I'm surprised you kept in was um, every time I hit the bong. Like it seems pretty easy to just take that out of the track, and you were like, eh, fuck it. Is it because I would talk about it every time? It's not eh, fuck it. It's eh, by the end when I would notice you hit, I would stop talking <laughs> so that we I would be able to get like as as much as possible of your rip. Because by the end, it was like a joke, okay. and I wanted to add add to the ambiance. Okay. But yeah, the, the penis pill stuff, I probably should have cut. <laughs> that's that's a better answer to uh, Zach's question from 40 seconds ago. The dick pill that's stuff. That's like one of my favorite running gags of the whole thing. I would have been upset. It was pretty funny. It's I yeah. can't help it if that's true to life. Like, I can't help it. But the, And the thing is, if I had said like offensive stuff, then I would cut my stuff. But, like, I don't have to cut Zach's stuff. It doesn't make me look bad. I guess it does that I allow it to happen. But I didn't say any of that. This will stop it's me. It's part of the contract. Like, you, you put in all the work to, like, make the episodes. You get to make those decisions. Like, you can leave in the part about how I said, what, if I had sex with myself. You'd immediately kill long. yourself. Yeah. Afterward, which Zach said was, like, what, the craziest thing yeah. I've ever said, which is probably true. It's amazing when you... Of course that had to stay that in, because so I didn't say the crazy thing. <laughs> it's it's yeah. just amazing, like, when you get a computer in front of you, like, it, you just, like, forget it's recording. Like, I feel like you get detached yeah. in a way that is, like, really strange, and, like, this will definitely stop me from being president. Like, I could never <laughs> run for even, like, city council if this podcast, like, hit. They'd be like, this guy thinks people just grind everything into Chinese boner pills. They'd be like, no, but I'm on my... <laughs> 
my noise policy for the district. I don't think that fair and thinks <laughs> that. Half of us was out of character. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I wasn't doing my character voice. Yeah. The the last question also from Kalinor, at least that I have. I don't know if you guys have more. I just have to do this because it's a little bit masturbatory. What inspired Sam to make the podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah, I really, I really liked when he sent that question. I was like, that's a nice one. Yeah, it's really just um, because I want to be Griffin McElroy when I grow up, and by now it's far too late, but mm. I started our first podcast, Bruce Day, partially to engage more with Tyler, and at the time, like, Rainer. That didn't really last. Where are you, bud? We miss you. Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> I'm still mad at him at the wedding thing. That's totally fair. So it was like, I know that I can make a podcast, and I know, like, in theory... If you get a few funny people that like each other to spout bullshit for an hour, it's good. And I would say some episodes of Bruce Day Tuesday are good, and some episodes are not. And then in continuation of wanting to be Griffin McElroy when I grow up, they made a D&D podcast, so I decided I had to make a D&D podcast. Sure. Nice. Did anyone else have questions, or do you guys want to talk about the future? I want to I wanna leave with one last question, unless anybody else has others. Go for it. What was everybody's favorite part of the podcast? Oh, man. I think one of my favorite... I think my favorite episode of the podcast is the one where we, like, fully screw over the sheriff of Ouroboran and bring his whole life crashing down. That is, like, one of the most fun, like, tabletop tangents I've gone on, and it all worked out, like, so nicely that I, like... I remember, like, laughing so hard I was crying during that episode. Like, it is... It amuses me to no end, like, how that played out. I also was going to say Ouroboran felt really good. I think because we were, like, far enough into the podcast at that point that, like, we all kind of knew, I mean, at least, like, I mean, Zach already knows, but like, I knew better, like, how to actually, like, play D&D and how to, like, move around the world and stuff. And there's, like, Oh, yeah, listening part... back to you guys from the first few episodes, yeah. it's, oh, it's so rough. Yeah. I know, sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, I think at that point, I think at the scene right before we started screwing with the sheriff where we were, like, running across the rooftops and, like, chasing the crusader and mm. Zach, like, blew up part of the building oh, and that was had, a good like, fight. vines coming out yeah. of the building then I fell off the building. Like, that part was, like, really cool. Like, I felt, like, action that we had. It was, like, working out pretty well. And so that was, like, I think I finally felt more, like, we're doing it. <laughs> we're doing D&D right now. That was, that yeah. Was good. That was good. I, uh, Sam, do you want to go and then I'll, I'll answer my own? Yeah. For me, other than the fact that it destroyed my throat, it was uh, you guys meeting Gimbal's mom. Oh, yeah. Yes. It was funny and also legitimately heartwarming. And and I and I love that. Like, everybody, you know, you guys give each other shit all the time, but everybody loves Gimbal. Everybody loves each other. Everybody loves Gimbal's mom. Uh, and I, I thought that was great. I, in a similar vein, I really liked all, like, the, not the main quest parts from being in the Warren, but all the side parts, like, just Farron putting animals into people's houses <laughs> and just, like, just <laughs> lying to literally everybody. I, uh, I really enjoyed that whole segment. I think the part, yeah, with that one where I think we were fighting one of the goblin camps and yeah. we, like, dug a giant hole yeah, right. full of spikes yeah. and everyone ran into it. Like, that worked out surprisingly well. I got well. shot almost to death. <laughs> that specific one. Yeah. But yeah. Because you lured them back by flying, and they, they just they me. made it rain they on kill you. Me. Oh, no. That's oh, right. Man. So that, we, that was probably the height of our D&D competence. Like, that whole arc was like, <laughs> yeah. it, it was like day one of first grade, first episode, and that was like high school graduation. Like, we were like, we can use all these mechanics, and we have all these things we can do, and like, here's how we can attack these, like, and especially after yeah. getting, like, bumped by the forest for, like, what I think in real time was like three months. Like, 
<laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. It was a long time. Was we a were getting lot. thumped, and we felt very bad about ourselves and who we were as people. And uh, and then we got to go into this thing, and like we're like, oh yeah, we got it now. We definitely figured it out. That was like, yeah. a nice trial by fire. Yeah. Campaign. If, if there are any Adventure Zone fans out there, Barger Vec Forest was my attempt at the suffering game. Sure. Which was, fuck it, I'm gonna be really mean to my players. <laughs> and see how that turns out. Yeah, nobody lost any But they didn't even have, like, a Zorp button to, like, get out of there and, like, restart. Yeah, if you guys didn't have a Zorp button, you would have gotten TPK'd on the, the first session. <laughs> oh, no sure. doubt. A quick question for Zach. Was, in, like... I feel like Farron's got a lot of backstory that you probably wrote ahead of time. Was his son always the Crimson Crusader, or did Sam do that? That was 100% Sam. All I had said was I had kids, okay. and then I explained on the family situation, and then 100% of that was Sam after the fact. So did you not know when we met the Cape Crusader that was your No, kid? I didn't figure it out until after he had to, like, you guys told me that. <laughs> Incredible. And when you accused me of being in cahoots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't know how to play that part of like Sam was like I have a secret to tell you it's that the Crimson Crusader looks like Farron and I was like oh Gretchen's not like subtle I don't know how to do this so <laughs> you gave me this plot gift and I feel like maybe I dropped it a you little you know I learned from you guys oh cool okay okay cool um should we talk about season one and a half first or season two first I don't know what season one and a half is so I want to unpack that let's see so let's do that and Mary I'm going to tell you right now if you don't want to participate in season one and a half, that is okay. And we won't judge you and we'll still be your friend. Yes. Because I know that sometimes when we do things that involve drinking to excess as opposed to just drinking, uh, that is not your favorite thing. Just because the beer mile is giving me, like, panic attacks every <coughs> time I think about yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. It's fucking brutal, though. So we did this before just the, the group that we play with in Verona. There it is. One last time. Oh, that's not the last time. <laughs> I'll probably hit it two or three more times. <laughs> I don't know where the champagne campaign came from. I, I heard about it from Zach. I don't know if that's your invention. So Jalen Rose of NBA fame uses the phrase champagne campaign to mean like celebrating as part of like a basketball team and like winning a championship. Okay. But I co-opted it to mean drinking a whole lot of champagne at once. <laughs> So, so a champagne campaign, uh, by Zach's definition, is when over the course of a, an evening or an afternoon or whatever, you drink each each person there drinks two bottles of champagne. And so, what we did uh, was we had the champagne campaign campaign, which was I ran a session of D and D while everyone drank two bottles of champagne. It it was it was a huge fucking mess. Uh, so, my thought was to turn the mess up to 11 and do a one-shot champagne campaign campaign with new characters level one with you guys and the people we usually play with and like maybe some other people if we want and just have like nine people screaming over each other getting really drunk record for you know four hours or whatever and then release them uncut as as an interlude between season one and season two I will do this if I don't have to drink two, if I can drink one, maybe one and a half. Um, well, I mean, I think the main thing <laughs> that I've learned since college is while it is fun to make people drink more than they should, it's more fun to hang out with your friends. Sure. So I would say make sure you get drunk. 
or else, or else it's gonna be insufferable You're for gonna you. You're gonna hate it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, we still have to figure out logistics for that, but uh, that's that's what I had in mind for season one and a half. Okay. So we'd be we'd be doing new characters at level one. Yep. Okay. Cool. But like nine people, so we can have every class. I mean, may, maybe nine people. I don't know. I I. It's gonna be a little bit tough logistically to like schedule and. I don't. I don't know if we all want to be in a big room yelling into one microphone. I mean, Tyler can't be there, but I don't like. I don't know how much we want to be separated. Like, the thing is, right now I'm sitting in a room and there's no other humans in the room, and I had a beer, and like that doesn't feel weird. But I think if I was doing this and was drinking <laughs> two bottles of champagne, I would feel weird. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe a few people in a few different locations. I don't know. So we'll, we'll have to figure that out. But that's 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 what I'm thinking, uh, and I think it'll be bad but also i want to do it sure okay uh and i had a rule and maybe i won't employ this rule uh because of what mary just said but my idea was if you don't finish the two bottles of champagne by the end of the session your character gets killed (laughs) (laughs) which i mean if are we gonna play this again or is this just a one-time thing if it's one shot go for it i guess i was thinking maybe after season two you know in two years, we dust them back off and pick up from there. But if you get killed, then you're I would dead. love for that to keep going okay. as we just get older and older and more and more incapable of surviving the type of hangover you get <laughs> from drinking two bottles of champagne in like two hours. Yeah, between between sev- season seven and season eight, I'm gonna make my 23 year old son drink <laughs> half my champagne for me. <laughs> so season two, uh huh. I I guess I gotta pass it off to you now, dog. I'm the man now, dog. That's right. Oh, boy. Uh, I was not prepared for this, honestly. What do you want me to talk about? Well, I guess, I mean, the main thing is season two, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to GM, and I'm going to get to play, and, you know, the, like, creative control and production and all that stuff is all on you. For sure. So just, I just want to say that out loud right now, so that when there's, like, a significant downtick in Uh quality, everybody knows who to blame it on. Yeah. Yeah. But, like... I think that from the uh, listener's perspective, they'll hear this episode, and then the next episodes will be the Champagne Campaign, right. and then after that will be you. Mm-hmm. From our perspective, I don't know, you, you have a couple months to play with to, like, write it and stuff? Yes. So I don't know if you guys want to, like, set a time, or... I, I get, See, this this is the problem. I'm, like, I'm in this mode, and I need to, I need to get be, out of the stop mode. Stop being the boss, Sam. Uh, Tyler, what's the deal anyway? What in the name of Jerry Seinfeld is the deal with season two? Oh, I need a I need a button that plays the Seinfeld song. What's the deal with Deborah? Yeah, so um, in season two, my plan is that we're going to be doing a, um, a fictionalized version of Everybody Loves Raymond. Amazing. That's the, that's okay. the frame story. No, I'm just kidding. That's I'm going to play the grandpa. Dibs on grandpa. <laughs> Frank Barrow. Yeah, that one. Yeah. No, um, I, I do have a, um, uh, I have a decent amount of season two kind of prepared, but uh, I guess I should ask, is there anything that you guys are looking for that you guys would like to see incorporated just so i mean i'm not going to take all your suggestions but if you have any it might be cool so one thought i had is that there's basically kind of two kinds of D campaigns so do you have your ones that kind of start you off as level one and some that uh-huh. start at like eight or nine and so yeah. 
one thought I had was if you wanted to, we could do like a higher level campaign, which just means like basically the stuff you balance is different. Yeah. But like that would let us potentially get to like levels you don't typically get to in a reasonable amount of time in like an actual D and D game. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, like that was actually one of the changes going into five E. It was to the coast maybe they made it faster to get to like level nine because they found that a lot of people's campaigns were ending before they were hitting any sort of cool right. stuff. So right. not obviously like an epic level campaign or something, but like just a thought is like you know we start at nine and we just go up and then you get some like weird high level stuff that we can do. It's more work on our part to start because you kind of like get thrown into a lot more, but we've also been playing. That's true. Yeah, I kind of like that. I don't know. I was just going to say, uh, I have issues relinquishing control, which is very clear based on the last five minutes. So I specifically do not want to give you any things that I want. I want this to be, to not have me having any input other than as a player. Okay. So I'm going to not say anything. Oh, well, all right then. Okay. Are there any rules you want to, like, institute? Do you have any, like, sense of, like, house rules that you want to institute for, like, certain conditions? Or certain, like, we, we bitch and moan a lot about, like, restrained... Being like weird. Oh, and grappled. Yeah, and like grappled. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess before you answer that, are we playing D and D or are we playing a different system? That's that's a good point. Um, so, uh, I had I got really psyched about this campaign like this winter, and I wrote a bunch of it. And then Sam was like, "Hey, remember you don't have to do five E." And I was like, oh, uh, "Hmm." But you you can do five E if you want to. Yeah, do no, 5e. no. I just, there are a million good tabletop. Right. Games. So, um, what I have written up is for five E. Uh, if you guys are like, no, I don't want to do that, then I could do something else. But that's that's what I have prepped. I'm fine. By I'm me. into it. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it'd be totally different if I played like a completely different character class, whatever. So like, I'm fine with that. Okay. There's so many mechanics that like you guys had that I was just like, like whenever like you know Tyler or Gimbal would constantly be like, I'm only taking half of that damage, <laughs> like minus four or whatever. I'd be like, well, how is that? <laughs> and I just like I don't even know. And, like, that kind of, I just want to explore other things. I've been just like, I'm going to chop them. Right. Similar to how Tyler said he got weirdly psyched and started making a 5e game, uh, I also got weirdly psyched for getting to play a new character and have written one backstory per 5e class. <laughs> so whatever whatever class you need in this party, I have, I have something ready to go. Are right. you sure we shouldn't, like, use those for the champagne campaign? You just sign them out? Oh, everyone Everyone should roll their own characters. And we just kill your darlings really hard. I mean, I, I haven't played them, so I'm not in love with them yet. Right. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I I feel like if I was going to play even a one-shot and someone was like, here's your character, I'd be like, but making characters may be the most fun part. Yeah, yeah. You know I love that world building. Herschel Dracula is a perfect one-shot. characters? <laughs> what? So Herschel Dracula is a perfect one-shot character because you don't want to do that voice for like a whole year and a half. Herschel Dracula! Dracula! <laughs> <laughs> and also, and also, no DM wants to manage Herschel Dracula for months at a time. But I can do it for a day, especially if I'm wasted. <laughs> I guess can we can we three talk about it before we all pick our characters, so we don't end up with two sneaky boys and a tank that also has to heal and is bad at it. Yeah, this is absolutely, I think, a, like a small enough party where we can like metagame our classes a little bit. So just kind of rolling up because you have like five people, like you all probably show up with something workable you, you'll end up with a healer a sneaker a, a tank and mm-hmm. you know you have all you yeah need. we'll definitely need like because i was like i'll be a bard because then i can do like somewhat spell casting but i'm not quite so like weak in melee damage and like stuff like that and yeah. you have a some healing but not that much yeah healing. so i kind of tried to grab bag at this one too um so yeah i'd be down to like 
discuss privately what classes we want to be. So, Mary, it sounds like you don't want to be sort of a fightery tank. I don't. (laughs) Although I like doing it because it's pretty straightforward and I understand it. Like, doing something like a wizard makes me nervous, but we'll figure it out. Well, I mean, you have a knack for storytelling. Might I recommend it more? (laughs) Oh. I was gonna. Can I ask another question to Zach? Is there more? Are there more poems or stories that Farron wrote that we didn't get in the show? So hypothetically, yes. In practicality, no. I got really busy at work and I had less time to like work on them. <laughs> but what I actually wanted to do, if it's cool, is like wrap up the one that I started and like kind of slowly chip through the other campaigns and kind of like compile this like poetic like, yeah. thing that Farron did that we can kind of just throw them out. And I would just, like, basically like, record myself reading through them, send them to Tyler, and we can, like, throw them up as, like, little random extras or something. Yeah, that'd be great. Sure, I like the sound of that. Because I have one about, that I started writing on the way home from work about, it's called Klanos Shows His Weenie to People. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think I wrote that immediately after I cast a spell on him and then just sort of, like, passed it along town to, like, all the children so that, like, everybody knew. Well, that's a special content, you know, if you um, upgrade to Earwolf Premium, yeah, or Stitcher Premium, excuse me, behind the veil. I mean, yeah, if you ever want to just, like, make other files of stuff, you can send them to me and I can upload them to the website, unless you want them to be edited into the episodes. <laughs> um, no, actually, I don't think they'll just, I think, be sort of their own thing, so, um, yeah. That sounds great, that sounds like less work for me, so. Cool. I guess that's that's maybe a, a question that I should have answered part of Kalinor's question about the the logistical element. Everyone sends me their files and I edit them together and then I upload them to the Bruiseday website and Mary has to pull them down to put them into the RSS and uh, Mary also runs the Twitter. So I guess are you cool continuing to do that while Tyler does my parts? Yeah, no, I'm fine. I mean, also fun uh, fact about the website redesign that happened that maybe Kalinor noticed is that that was um, Senior Tesla, my fiance, rewrote the whole website because of, like, domain fees or something, like, hosting fees. So he wanted to, like, change it around. So we had to redo the whole site. So he's the reason we have a new website. All right. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So I, I do the uploads and stuff, though. It's pretty exciting. I, I know he's just after that associate producer. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't, don't front. <laughs> okay. Well, I, sure. I don't know that I have I because like I don't want to get into more about season two without like giving away stuff that we'll be doing in like our our episode 0.0 you know what I mean yeah yeah I mean we can we can do a um a prologue or a pre-mortem or whatever you want to call it like we did for season one yeah when we're ready yeah yeah what if you record Tyler can you do me a favor what if you record like a little sneaky peek like hint at like what's happening Uh with some cool narrative and then you just Sam, like, stitches it on the end of this episode. So oh. when the episode comes out, mm. we do all this talking, and then it's, like, sneak preview of season two, and then it's, like, something cool. Okay, all right. If you want to. All right. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. We can do a trailer for sure. season two. That'd can be you, great. That sounds good. Cut that part out where I give you that can idea. Can you add a trailer, then, too, of, like, the drunkest, worst moment of the Champagne Campaign campaign and put that, like, immediately afterwards? <laughs> like, this is what you're in for next week, though. <laughs> it's so just, wait for it's that. Just, uh, <laughs> you hear Tyler go... I think I'm gonna shit my pants, <laughs> and then 40 seconds of. <laughs> I don't know why I, that's never happened to me from drinking. I've done a lot of terrible, embarrassing things, but I've never. You're right. I'm the only one that has shit your pants. That's true. That's true. It's very intimate. He he just he reached in there and 
pull them open and let loose. And, uh... <laughs> Shouldn't be so baggy. <laughs> I've worn tight pants ever since. <laughs> well, cool. Um, I guess, I mean, I guess that's it. Yeah. Should I continue to send out the text every week? Of like, no, we're not doing it. I'll, I'll just get lonely, but I think it's fine to be like, until we hear from Tyler on like a timeline, we'll yeah. just assume that we're on like a summer vacation. Yeah, that Sweet. makes sense. Yeah, that sounds good. Like I said, I have got about, you know, half of the stuff written up, so uh, expect season two relatively soon, but not immediately. Okay, cool. sweet. All right. Thanks, Tyler. Time. Yeah. Sure thing. I'm excited. Should be. It's going to be awesome. Going to nice. make new friends. That's right. It's going to be story-driven instead of tactics-driven. We'll see. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, is it all going to be games again? No, I mean, I have things I want to do. Like, not to not to hate on what Sam did, because I really enjoyed what Sam did, but, like, I want to make traveling, like, a bigger deal, you know? Like, so it feels like you're making a decision to go somewhere. Instead of just a Sledge Beast teleports you Right, there. exactly. Which is, like, like... the Sledge Beasts. Which is totally fine and, and valid, but I just want to try something a little bit different. So, um... But, yeah, we'll see how it all You definitely goes. get more of a sense of scale that way. Right. But we'll see what happens. Cool. Well, I'll... I mean, I'll talk to you guys soon because we're friends. For sure. I'll talk to yep. you guys uh, eventually as as companions. In it's me, Rachel Dracula. Okay. Okay, goodbye. Oh All right. Cancel the podcast. Bye. All right. See ya. Clicking around, not on the Skype call, and I miss my friends. That's okay, do-do-do-do. on Mystery D8. In the far-off Seleucian Empire, famine blots the land. It is up to our heroes to journey forth and recover the Empire's last hope. Will they be able to outwit scheming Imperial agents, outcast mighty wizards, and outfight the menace that awaits offshore? Featuring Mary as Zan. Zan loves it though, she loves corpses. Zack as Longren. Thank you for your support. Sam as McGirt. Onward! Man, I'm gonna get sick of this voice real quick. <laughs> and taking the reins as DM, it's me, Tyler. How do I do that for my creepy monster? Follow us on a brand new adventure, coming soon!